everybody, and welcome to another episode of What's Your Fantasy? Fantasy Football Podcast. I am one of your co co hosts, MJ, with Scott and Steven. We're starting out this episode with our favorite Halloween candy, or actually our favorite candy in general, since Halloween was just yesterday. Of course, mine is going to be the good old Kit Kats. I cannot get over just how good, how scrumptious the crispy wafer is in the middle of those two covered in chocolate oh my gosh well i'm about to go downstairs and grab me a handful of them steven what do you like give me those et phone home reese's pcs love every bite i get out of them they make me so happy i don't know what it is it's just joy Mm. just joy just seeing them eating them smiling you bet you smile when you eat them too oh i I sure do Um, (laughs) everything about them uh scott what do you like yeah steven was so close but no cigar it's the reese's peanut butter cup and specifically the small bite-sized ones uh, and i really like it when you put them in the freezer and let them get really cold uh mm-hmm. and and then eat them yeah that's that's the way to do it frozen is the way to go i actually freeze my kid cats as well so glad to see someone else doing that um we're gonna go ahead zip on into our week eight recap uh, and of course we're starting off with our thursday night game the ravens versus the bucks 27 22 and went the way of the ravens unfortunately of course we had a couple injured players in this one gus edwards getting re-injured mark andrews getting a shoulder injury and rashad bateman getting out with his foot I mean, we had, let's see, Lamar looked pretty good with the 238, two touchdowns. Tom Brady with 325 in a TD. I guess the big story of this is uh, Isaiah Likely filling in for, for Andrews, getting in six for 77 in a touchdown. Uh, Mike Evans popping off for six for 123. I mean, I think what, Scott, you have a, you have a share of Mark Andrews, right? Are you considering picking up? Isaiah likely for this week or what are your thoughts? So I, I do have one share of uh, Mark Andrews in a 12 team half point PPR league. I am not considering picking up uh, Isaiah likely uh, the Andrews injury seems like it's going to be minor. I'm expecting him to be okay. back this week. Um, I, it also really depends on what you have there for availability. I, I currently have Dalton Schultz on the bench. So and I know it's his bye week, but if it were a longer injury for Andrews, I think I'd feel more comfortable at least this year rolling with Dalton Schultz over Isaiah likely in a dynasty league. Uh, absolutely. You should be picking up Isaiah likely right now and stashing him on your bench. I think he's going to bring you great returns in the future. Oh yeah. Um, and of course the bucks just look a little rough. Of course their line isn't holding up well and they're sitting at three and five. I mean, do we collectively, do we think that they can turn this around? I'm with Tom Brady at the helm, of course, right? Yeah, I'm always going to believe in Tom Brady. But right now, it just looks like the team has nothing to play for. There's no spirit. They just, they're just so unexciting. And again, Mm -hmm. just don't look like they want to be there. But again, you know, Brady's been going through a lot of stuff. And I think that, I'll always trust him to bring the team on his back. And for that reason, I'm not giving up on him yet. Okay, Scott, you I, feel the same? Yeah, I agree with Steven. I'm not giving up on him yet. Uh, the loss to Carolina was pretty disappointing, but I would say the loss to Baltimore was expected. I just uh, expected okay. them to play a little better than they did. Um, also, that division is just really, really, really bad. So oh, yeah. it's anybody's division at this point. Um literally any of the four teams can win the division. So uh, I think I would still put my money on the bucks at this point. Yeah. And for everyone listening, that division is the NFC South with the Falcons, the Buccaneers, the saints and the Panthers. Although the Buccaneers are on a three loss streak. So let's see if they can turn that around. Our next game we're highlighting is going to be the Panthers versus the Falcons. What a shootout, honestly. Um, this is one of the most entertaining games of the year. And if you guys didn't know, um, I don't know the exact year, but since next gen stats started, PJ Walker had the longest throw 
Uh, I believe they started in like 2003. It was a 63-yarder, I believe. And that's, of course, um, that was the final throw they had to DJ Moore prior to prior to overtime. And, I mean, I guess you start, you take CMC out, DJ Moore's value just goes up, 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 right? I mean, it's just, I, I was, of course, trying to trade for the kid before everything happened, but not possible anymore. Uh, Kyle Pitts finally getting uh, well, getting another touchdown this week. Five for eighty, looking good. Uh, Drake London hasn't been really shining. Mariota with uh, three touchdowns, two ints. PJ Walker three seventeen, one touchdown, ynt. Donta Foreman, of course, here with the twenty six carries, one hundred eighteen yards, and three TDs. Uh, I was extremely happy to pick him up in several leagues and start him for it last week. I don't think that's sustained, especially with uh, some of the other running backs coming up. Um, but how do we feel collectively about DJ Moore and his kind of resurgence? Do you think with more of this, uh, you know, they're going to be playing from behind? I can assume. I'm going to assume that they're playing from behind. Do we feel like the volume's going to continue coming? Is he going to be actually living up to his hype now? Steven, what do you think? Yeah, I think that, you know, I think right now I feel comfortable kind of putting him in that wide receiver two range. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. That's what I thought. So I think, yeah, going forward until we see otherwise, I'm, I'm safely putting him in my lineup and going back to Deontay Foreman, that production is not sustainable, but he looks like a guy. And I, I do think that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm comfortable at minimum putting him in my flex spot you know, for the rest of the year. I know we got Chuba Hubbard coming back from the injury, but I think Foreman's kind of locked down this spot until we see otherwise. Yeah. Uh, Scott, do you share most of the same sentiments? Um, Not so much when it comes to DJ Moore. Okay. Uh, In the game with Tampa Bay, it was kind of a runaway. He ended up with 16.1 fantasy points, half on BBR. Uh, I mean, yeah, he had a huge target share, 10 targets, 7 receptions, 69 yards, and a touchdown. And this last game, he had 24 and a half fantasy points, half point VR, but literally half of those were on that very last play. Um, and Atlanta has also given up the second most points to wide receivers in football. Um, I don't necessarily feel comfortable putting him in as my wide receiver two yet, maybe in my flex um, but I feel like you you got to have better options at this point or hopefully have traded for something because uh, if you were rolling with DJ Moore before week seven, uh, it, things weren't probably great for you. Um, but Cincinnati is is who they're playing this next week, and they are the 23rd uh, toughest defense uh, against wide receivers. So um, I think this game will be more defining than the last one. Uh, as far as Devontae... Uh, Deontay Foreman goes. Um, I agree with Steven 100%. I think okay. I feel comfortable putting him in my flex. Uh, in fact, I had him on my bench in one league uh, this past week, and it was kind of painful. I, I would have lost anyways just because my opponent put up a stupid amount of points, but um, definitely feel comfortable putting him in my flex. Even with Chuba Hubbard coming back, I think the past two weeks he's proven that he deserves at least a starting job um, and a huge. Uh, share of that backfield okay uh great points all around you guys we're going to head shift into the miami dolphins versus the detroit lions uh of course it went miami's way with 31 to 27 Tua with 382 three touchdowns zero ints oh gosh jared goff with 27 37 321 one td uh nothing really went down for miami in terms of rushing but of course the stars of the show are consistently Tyreek Hill. Oh my gosh. Wow. I'm looking at these numbers now. It's just blowing my mind. 12 for 188, no touchdowns, but Jalen Waddle with eight for 106 at two t- touchdowns. And of course, if anyone hasn't been keeping up with the NFL or, or Tyreek Hill, uh, Tyreek Hill has 961 yards for the year. And he is currently on pace to shatter, uh, Calvin Johnson's record of nine of uh, 1900. 46 yards receiving yards so just crazy all around for the dolphins i feel like uh, mcdaniel's really got the team in a good place um 
Detroit still looking rough. I mean, I think we heard that DeAndre Swift is still a little bit banged up, even though he got a reception touchdown. Uh, Amon Ra getting most of the targets, 10 targets, seven receptions for 69 yards. And Jamal Williams, of course, being that vulture, getting two touchdowns at that goal line. Uh, Scott, I mean, you have, in one of our leagues, of course, you have DeAndre Swift. What are kind of your plans or what are you thinking of maneuvers you're going to be trying to make? I know you don't have to still, you know, drop any big, uh, big hints, but are, are you planning on moving him or do you believe that he can be make an impact as the season kind of rolls forward? Uh, yeah, I'm not going to give anything huge away, but um, like you said, Coach Campbell said, Coach Campbell said today that DeAndre Swift is not yet back to full health. Uh, they want to make sure he's filling himself and that yeah. they can get the most out of him. For me, I hate that uh, as a fantasy owner, no matter who the player is, um, especially if you have uh, their handcuff or their quote unquote backup in Jamal Williams. You know, I wish they would just rest him until he's 100% healthy, let Jamal Williams eat because he's been doing that when Swift's been out. He's been doing that when Swift has been in too. But I mean, you can't feel comfortable in in a redraft league, starting both of them weekly, uh, you're guaranteed to get a bad game from the lions. Now you have two players that, uh, that are going to get you goose eggs. Um, I think if I can get some pretty solid value out of Swift, I would move him right now. It just depends on what that value is. Um, we'll, we'll see if anybody is willing to bite for what I'm trying to get. Uh, Steven, you have any comments? I'm going to talk about the Dolphins later in the show, but... I mean, you do have shares of uh, multiple players on both teams, so... Yeah, got got multiple Dolphins, multiple Lions, uh, all in my Dynasty League. Um, I wanted to point out that Tyreek Hill hasn't had a touchdown since week two, and he's the number two wide receiver in fantasy, so just want to kind of sit on that, and Uh. that just, I think, shows that his floor right now is through the roof. So imagine him getting a touchdown on top of all of these yards. Um, yeah, he's, he's, it's, it's been an incredible season and looking forward to being on the ride going forward. Uh, good. Good for you for having him on your <laughs> dynasty team. Um, we're going to go ahead and shift over to the cards versus the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, an awesome shootout. And I think, I, I guess one of the major stories around the entire league is just how poor scoring has been in general. I believe, I don't know the exact numbers, but I, I know that scoring has been down comparable to other, other years. And here we go. We're pumping out numbers. Kyler Murray, 326, three TDs, two on T's. And the resurgence of steroid PED jacked up DeAndre Hopkins, <laughs> 12 receptions, 159 for yards and one touchdown did any of you watch see that touchdown he got? I did. It's, I mean, that one-handed snag, best hands in the league by far. Yeah, um, I mean, maybe top three best hands all ooh. time. I don't know who the other two would be, but Gosh. it seems like he's got glue on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rondale Moore finally showing up. Zach Ertz with a touchdown as well. Uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, 232, two touchdowns. Dalvin Cook actually got to eat a bit. Uh, 111 yards, one TD, long of 30. Mattinson ate a touchdown too. Kirk Cousins had a rushing touchdown. Jeez, Louise. Justin Jefferson for six for 98. No touchdowns. I think actually his last touchdown was week two. So we need him to flip the script, don't we, Scott? Uh, and the rest yes, of the receiving court just, yeah, just kind of chilling out. Um, you believe he's going to be getting his, getting his, don't you, Scott? Justin Jefferson, he's going to be getting yeah. his touchdowns soon enough, right? Absolutely, 100%. Um, I think, if anything, adding Hawkinson will just help open things up some more. Uh, defenses can't just let Hawkinson run run loose, run amok, um, and hopefully that, that helps Jefferson out. I think they need to go back to what they did in London and run that Jefferson rushing play where he does an end around basically right across uh, the, the face of the quarterback he just hands him the ball and runs into the end zone. Like such a easy, beautiful play. Easy. Let's let's do it. Like every time they're within the five yard line, that should be one of their play calls. Well, another question for you guys, both of you, um, with DeAndre Hopkins, and let's say Hollywood Brown in a couple weeks when he comes back, 
I mean, did DeAndre Hopkins unlock this team's full potential? I don't think we've seen the full potential yet. There's still something still seems off. They don't seem like a cohesive team to me, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited to see what it looks like when Marquise Brown is on the field with DeAndre Hopkins because those are two electrifying electrifying players um, tongue-tied there. But, yeah, I I definitely think that there's uh, there's room for improvement and excited to see what they look like in a few weeks. I agree with what Steven said there. Uh, I don't think the full potential has been unlocked, but I think DeAndre Hopkins has unlocked Kyler Murray. Uh, The two of them together are just – a great duo. Um, Murray clearly loves having Hopkins back. And, and oh, I don't yeah. think uh, Marquise Brown coming back is going to hurt Hopkins value at all. Like I said, I think it's just going to make it better for him, open things up, give Murray another outlet when teams do decide to double Hopkins. Um, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be fun to watch. Oh yeah. And of course we're going to end our recap with the San Francisco, San Francisco, 49ers versus the Los Angeles Rams. The, the 49ers taking this 31 to 14. The big story for this game was CMC, uh, that is Christian McCaffrey, with a passing touchdown, a rushing touchdown, and a receiving touchdown, I believe, which hasn't been done since the likes of Ladanian Tomlinson. Man. Um, what a show for us. Jimmy G, of course, with 235, two touchdowns himself. One to Ayuk and, of course, the other to, uh, oh, I'm sorry, one to CMC and the other to George Kittle. Ayuk getting that touchdown pass from McCaffrey. The Rams are just still unable to handle the pressure. I'm so surprised they didn't invest anything this trade deadline on linemen. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. But Stafford put up 187 for one touchdown. Cooper Cup, eight for 79 and a touchdown. He also got a, thankfully, um, he did suffer an ankle ankle injury, but thankfully it wasn't as bad as everyone thought. So he's he's day to day. He potentially will come back this week. Uh, any thoughts or comments on this game, you guys? Yeah, I might have been wrong on my uh, Scott take last week with CMC. Uh, do it's have, only like, two games. It's only two games. I liked your hot take, honestly, but yeah, I, I mean that was like the best game he's had in what probably three seasons. And yeah, yeah, the uh, the. <laughs> Was it the uh, the perfect trifecta there with the pass, rush, and receiving touchdown? I think I read somewhere it's only been done four times, and, and like you said, the last time was uh, LT uh, in the mid two thousand. So crazy, yeah. Um, hold the phone on my on my Scott take from last week. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, they got rid of Jeff Wilson Jr. too. Wow, I mean they. Yeah, they're yeah i i think part of that is eli mitchell coming back and realizing they don't need yeah. all three um, oh, yeah yeah i think that was a pretty solid move by the 49ers to to get what they could out of jeff wilson he was looking great too uh steven any comments Are you okay um i'll leave it for later in the show but just the preview is that i think it's a little scary that Debo samuel and kyle use check were not in this game and look what happened still mm. So, like I said, it's on there. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, and with that, we're actually going to move on to the hype train. And Stephen, Stephen, what you got for us this week? Choo choo! We got another round of the hype train, guys. And with this week, we got a special trade edition of the hype train. Of course, today was the NFL trade deadline, one of the most exhilarating trade deadlines that we've seen in recent memory and with that want to talk about some players that maybe now have a lot of hype and get your thoughts on you know the effects both in redraft and dynasty depending on the player so starting with tj hawkinson who went from the one and six detroit lions to the six and one minnesota vikings talk about a glow up for his team what do you guys think in terms of both redraft and dynasty for Hawkinson? Are you on the hype train? Hawkinson hype train. I'll go first on this one. I am definitely on the Hawkinson hype train. I think him moving to Minnesota 
uh, balances him out as a player. He's not so much the, as I call it, the Mike Williams type where you're not sure if you're going to get a two point week or a 30 point week. I think this is going to balance him out to a solid eight to 12 points a week as a tight end, another uh, passing option for uh, Kirk cousins. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hopping on this year and in dynasty. MJ, I, I'm just so I've always just been so indifferent about Hawkinson. I mean, he just, he's just one of those players that never, as we've seen, has just yet to reach his full potential. Of course, besides that, what 170, whatever yard game he had a couple of weeks ago, this team's looking for a tight end. And I think with, with how they, can scheme guys into open open seams, open places. I think, yeah, I agree with Scott. This is a chance for him to really shine. So, yes, I'm hopping on the hype train. And try, try to obtain them. We'll see. I, I would add in there, I think uh, this would hurt Adam Thielen's value of all the other pass catchers in the Vikings offense just because Thielen's such a red zone target of Cousins. I think Hawkinson will take some of those looks away. But we all know that most of the targets should be going to JJ anyway. So I don't know why you hate Adam Thielen so much, but just understand that he is still a good football player. So stop trying to bury him. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna hop on the hype train for Dynasty, but not for redraft. Um, Irv Smith Jr. is an incredibly talented player. Just he been was, injured. He was not pro- well. He was not productive even when he's been on the uh, floor. Yeah. So I think just something to consider. Some bad drops. Yeah, I, I, I mean, again, I, mean, I think we know that Hawkinson, you know, first-round pick, he's super talented as well, but I'm still hesitant to, you know, say that I'm all in on kind of him being a guy. But um, definitely think the ceiling is higher, floor is higher than in Detroit. But, uh, but yeah, I think redraft, um, not get on the train yet for, for Dynasty, I'm hopping on. Let's move over to Chase Claypool going from the Pittsburgh Steelers to the Chicago Bears, MJ's beloved Bears. Um, Again, both for redraft and dynasty, let's talk about this one. Um, Something to keep in mind, Chicago Bears have had 160 pass attempts this year, which is more than 100 attempts less than the Pittsburgh Steelers. but contrast that with Claypool might have the chance to become the alpha receiver in this offense. What are you guys thinking? Are you jumping on the Claypool hype drain in either or redraft and dynasty? I think I'll start this out, Scott, if you don't mind. But I am so happy that we made a move for somebody. Um, and <laughs> I, I guess I'm also... And I think I mentioned this to you, this to you guys. I'm um, also we made a move that screwed over the Packers. And for the listeners who don't know, the Packers made a, an offer for a second rounder before the Bears did, but they accepted the Bears' offer because, well, we're not that good, and they expect the Bears, <laughs> the Bears pick to be a better pick for them. Um, I think this is great. Um, more so. I will actually consider redraft and dynasty because I really do think this gives this gives a more solid weapon for fields than any anybody else. It also opens up for Mooney, opens up the, the field for Mooney. Now, here's the thing, and this is just me because uh, how I've looked in the draft and everything. People and most Bear fans are obsessed with the idea of picking JSN, um, Jackson Smith and Jigma from Ohio State. And that's a bad idea because one, uh, and this is a little tear, but Mooney is not an alpha. He's your wide receiver. Claypool will be great in the slot. And if there's any Bear fans out there listening to this, we want Jordan Addison or we want Quentin Richardson. And yes, I'm hopping on this hype train. I'm excited for Claypool and the Bears. Although we lost in in integral parts of our defense, it's just going to be a shootout now. So we got to score points. So yes, on the hype train. A lot of optimism. Scott, what about you? Uh, I'm going to say not so fast to MJ. That's okay. I I will 100% um, agree with, and I I like some of the things he brought up 
uh, especially about the Bears stealing this one from the Packers. Uh, the Packers are the biggest losers of the trade deadline by not landing a wide receiver for <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Um, so well done by the Bears uh, taking one away from the Packers. Love to see it. Anyways, uh, I, I think Claypool d- is the better option now over Mooney. It's going to take some time for them to, um, you know, for him to learn the playbook and for them to get into a groove. Um, I, I'm definitely not hopping on the train this year in redraft. Uh, I'm a little more likely in dynasty, but I, I think this is one where I need to see it before I believe it. Um, I, I don't know. Claypool had that one amazing game where he got four touchdowns, what, two or three seasons ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, he's always been a pretty solid, you know, wide receiver. I just, I think, I don't know, going from uh, Pickett to Fields is not a huge upgrade for him. It's a, a little bit, but the Bears offense has to get, you know, things rolling first for, for him to get any kind of productivity. So uh, I, I am not hopping on the train in either format just yet. I would be more likely in dynasty than redraft for sure though yeah i think i'm on the same page as scott here okay uh, not not jumping on the train at all in redraft and probably waiting in the station in dynasty um again I, this is not against claypool at all because i think he's incredibly talented this is definitely a testament to where the bears offense currently stands and to me, I feel like Darnell Mooney should be getting more production than he currently is, even not being an alpha. So kind of because of that, I'm, I'm waiting and seeing on Claypool. But excited for the Bears nonetheless because they needed a weapon and and want to see what it looks like. So I'm happy for you, MJ. Thank you. Moving on to our, our next guy, Naheem Hines, going from the Indianapolis Colts to the Buffalo Bills. Again, talk about a glow up in teams. Um, just in Dynasty, I'm interested in here. Okay. You know, taking into consideration, Bills have Devin Singletary. They just drafted James Cook in the latest draft. Um, and also, again, keep in mind that Naeem Hines has had the fifth most running back receiving yard since 2018. Hmm. So, with all of those kind of factors in mind, you guys jumping on the hype train in Dynasty for Naeem Hines. In Dynasty, I am. And, and in fact, of all the trades today, this is the one I hate the most because I am the Dynasty James Cook owner. And I think this hurts James Cook Cook's value more than anybody else's. Um, preseason, we know the Bills went out and tried to get J.D. McKissick from uh, Washington. <clears throat> and we've made comparisons in the fast. I think we even one of our MFKs had both McKissick and Hines in it. They're very comparable players. And I think the Bills landed what they were looking for in McKissick with Hines. Um, and the only reason they would have done that is because they're not getting what they thought they would get out of James Cook. Um, so that is unfortunate for me as the James Cook owner. And you know, obviously I'm still going to hold on him, uh, but I am hopping on the Hines train in Dynasty for sure. And Jake? I just... Mm. I'm staying far away from it, man. And I do have one in in one of my quote unquote bum dynasty leagues. I do have Heinz on there. Personally, I just, I think Singletary can do it all. I mean, I feel like all three of us, I mean, he has, he has earlier this year, he has. And James Cook started emerging this past game. I mean, he had a huge play for 40 yards. I just I don't know why the Buffalo Bills are so obsessed with getting a an established pass catching back. I mean, I can I, I I'm not hyping hopping on this train. I just I don't know. I feel like Indianapolis really could have used used Hines in his experience, really. I mean, he was popping off in this last game for him compared to Taylor. So I, no, I'm unfortunately I cannot hype on the hop on the train for Hines. Yeah, I think I'm I'm with MJ here. I think Hines is a great or at least a really good player. And I think this is a I think this is a good move for the football team. I think the Bills will utilize him. I think again, this is going to make their team more well-rounded. But specifically from a fantasy standpoint, I don't see him providing enough production to be able to like build him in my team even in the future on a consistent basis. And for that reason, I am not hyping on the hype train on this one. 
I would definitely say that I don't like the trade for uh, the Colts side of it. They got Zach yeah. Moss and I think a pick in return. And I, I just, if I'm the Colts, I'm not sure why you make that trade here. I, I think I'd rather have Hines over Zach Moss. Um, yeah. Yeah. You can have the pick out of it, but um, I don't know. We'll see. You know, obviously the people that made these moves get, get paid to do what we wish we got paid to do. So we'll see. And last but not least, unexpected trade, Calvin Ridley, who is, I believe, indefinitely suspended, um, Atlanta Falcons to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we're going from Marcus Mariota, potentially Desmond Ritter next year, to Trevor Lawrence, um, so far this year, Falcons 179 pass attempts to the Jags 278. So Jags are obviously throwing the ball quite a bit more. So, you know, all that in mind, the uncertainty, questions at quarterback for Atlanta, the lack of passing, but mix that with the uncertainty of Ridley's status in the future. Are you guys jumping on this train in Dynasty, obviously, specifically? I'll go first. Uh I am jumping on the Calvin Ridley train. Um, hmm. You know, whatever issues he had last year, I think he's over them. And yeah, the suspension this year kind of sucks, you know, without getting into the whole comparison with, with his suspension and Watson's and the reasons behind them. Um, I think Ridley's going to be back next year and he's still going to be a really, really solid wide receiver. I think this uh, is a great addition for the Jaguars. Um, I think Ridley could become the alpha there, even over Christian Kirk. Um He's, he's such a good wide receiver, and I think he still has uh, a lot left in the tank, especially with basically taking two years off of football now at this point. Um, I really love what this trade does for Trevor Lawrence uh, as as the new Dynasty Trevor Lawrence owner, compliments of MJ. Um, but, you know, only time will tell with this one. MJ? Well, listen, if you want Ridley, you can pay for him. Um I actually do think this is great, and I'm going to hop on the hype train. And I think this is, and I'll get back to it, I think this is a win for the Falcons as well and the owners of London and Pitts. But I, I really do think this gives a, Trevor Lawrence another solid receiver for the receiving core. And if I, what I also think is it gives them a little bit more flexibility in the upcoming draft so they don't necessarily have to target a top a wide receiver uh, because I, I really do think Calvin Ridley was making a comeback prior to being suspended again. But as we've seen, he's an excellent receiver and even without Julio Jones there was acting as a solid high end wide receiver too. So I'm hop. I'm absolutely hopping on the hype train, although it, it'll take a year, but I'm there. Yeah. I guess first just want to point out that of course, I think Scott's extremely biased here because he has Trevor Lawrence as one of his dynasty quarterbacks. So I think a lot of this was wishful thinking on his end. But with that said, I am hesitantly jumping on the hype train with you guys. I still just the the things that have happened in the past year with Calvin Ridley, he just seems like one of those players where it seems like it could potentially just like never get right. Like a Josh Gordon type, you know, uh, keeps coming uh. back, keeps going away that, you know, obviously I hope that that's not the case with Ridley, you know, obviously the circumstances are completely different, but that's my only concern with that, you know, all things equal. I'm jumping on the hype train because I do think that he would open up that offense. Him and Kirk would be a really great duo. Oh yeah. So let's, uh, Let's jump on the train together on that one. And, uh, and yeah, like I said, ton of great trades today. Exciting to see where these guys end up. And I'm going to go ahead and move over to another round of On the Clock. Oh, yeah, baby. And let's start with Scott. Got a, got a quite a long question comment here. Um, so... Hottest teams in the NFC right now, many would say, are the Philadelphia Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys, and the San Francisco 49ers. At least most would put those in their top four or five. Um, these three teams, all top 10 defensive teams as well, with pretty solid offenses. 
with the acquisition of Christian McCaffrey, seeing his performance last week with both Debo and Kyle Juszczyk out, which team between the 49ers and Eagles do you most fear your Cowboys facing in the playoffs? And which team's offense do you want a bigger piece of from a fantasy perspective? Any, uh, you mean to, to, to go back on any of that? Was that a pretty clear of the question there? Yeah. So you want me to pick between the 49ers and Eagles who I would rather my Cowboys match up against in the playoffs. Who do you most fear? So the, the, the opposite. Oh, oh, sorry. Okay. So who I would not want to play. And oh then, man. Well, okay. and then yeah. part, part two was of those two teams as well. Which do you want a bigger piece of from a fantasy perspective? Okay. Um, right. Do I get to, do I get to choose the piece? Well, it's a general question. You can tell me why. Okay. But it's like, you know, you can take it however you want. Like if you were to take three players from one team or however you want to look at it, which, which do you want a bigger piece of? Yeah. Think about it. I'm going to cut this out. I think I'm ready. One, two, three. So I would fear playing the Philadelphia Eagles in the playoffs. Um, I think of the two teams, they are just the more well-rounded. They're healthier on defense. The 49ers are a little more banged up. Um, and, and I think I'd also want a bigger piece of their offense. Um, I just love what Hurts and A.J. Brown are able to do. And Devontae Smith is a, a big play waiting to happen as well. Um, yeah, I, I think I got to go Eagles for both questions here. All right. Also interesting because the 49ers were the ones who actually kicked the Cowboys out of the playoffs last year. So thought that that may, may play a role, but again, the Eagles are obviously doing great this year. So but I understand the past is in the past. <laughs> All right, MJ on to your question. Great. Talking about some explosive offenses here. Okay. We got the Buffalo Bills first in yards per game, the Miami Dolphins seventh in yards per game. Do you think the Dolphins offense will overtake the Bills by the end of the year as far as offensive yards per game? And do you think the Dolphins have a legitimate chance to make the playoffs and run the table, especially considering the acquisition of Bradley Chubb to boost up that defense? That is an excellent question. Uh, okay, I'm ready. All right. One, two, three, go. I'm going to say no, because Tua, as good as he has been, is not Josh Allen. And Josh Allen is just once again, running away with the key B1 um, status for the year. I mean, he's just slinging it. The Bills will continue to sling it, and they don't stop, and they won't stop passing the ball, uh, which is why they're first. Now, going back into the other part of your question, whether Miami has a chance to run this whole thing, yes. I actually think they're, they've quietly become a dark horse, um, especially with that, the uh, inquisition of Chubb, in which you know Miami's the only, Miami's the only team in the NFL that rushes uh, they all, I think, blitz eight. They're the only team in the NFL that does that. So I think this adds another dimension to their team. And yes, they have a chance to win it all. I like it. I like it. Went a little over there, but just a little. But you stop because you had so many great points. Um, yeah, I I'm excited to see where these Dolphins go. Agreed that. I think that they could be a scary team if they get in the playoffs. So yeah, and I mean Waddle and Tyreek, like as you talked about talked about us earlier in the week, they are the best duo in the NFL currently. And I don't I really do not see anyone coming close to what they're capable of doing. Yeah, it's scary. Maybe maybe Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney, but apart from <laughs> that, it's a, it's a race. So I appreciate so. the the second <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Great. Oh, great yeah. Responses there. And let's move it on over to MFK with Scott. All right. Yeah. My MFK this week, uh, I chose three running backs who have been, I wouldn't say necessarily going off, but have been having really solid fantasy performances uh, while either the running back ahead of them on the depth chart has been out with injury or a running back that they 
should be sharing the backfield is out with injury. And so the three that we're talking about this week are Tyler Algier, Eno Benjamin, and Deontay Foreman. Steve, what you got? Uh, this one is quite easy for me. I'm going to marry Deontay Foreman. Obviously, he demonstrated that he can be a rock-solid running back. I, as I said earlier, running back two with potential of running back one ceiling. Tyler Algier, Phil trades for him, especially – in Dynasty, I think he's got some potential in the future. But even with Corderell coming back, I'm not sure, maybe in a few weeks, um, he's shown that he can he can be a – he has a solid floor for that Atlanta offense. And no matter what, Atlanta's going to run the ball, not understanding why they don't use Drake London or Kyle Pitts, but they're going to run the ball. And because of that, I think Tyler Alger offers a lot of value. And, yeah, lastly, you know, Benjamin – He's going to be a nobody whenever James Conner comes back. So um, I think he's done a decent job with uh, with Conner being injured, but I don't think that he's going to provide much value when Conner comes back. I think Algier still offers value when Patterson comes back. So for that reason, I'm killing Eno. MJ? Yeah, I, mm, I'll mostly agree with you, Stephen. I will absolutely marry uh, Deonta Foreman, um, I think he's been looking. He looked great uh, in the stead of Chuba Hubbard, and I do believe that they really should consider making him the lead back instead of Chuba. A uh, Chuba, Chuba. <laughs> um, now this is where it gets a little fishy. Caleb Huntley, who is also a running back for the Atlanta Falcons, uh, really has that um, running back one spot solidified. I mean, Tyler has been in the mix. Also, your boy. CP3, Cordell Patterson. <laughs> CP3. CP3 is coming back. So, and I think he's a more explosive running back than the two of those guys. So I'll have to kill him. And Eno, who has been looking actually pretty decent uh, for the RB1, for the cards, I'll field trades for him just because I do feel like when Connor comes back, he'll usurp him. I really do think Connor has the talent to do that. So great, great selection, Scott. Yeah, so I think my answer 100% depends on format. If we're talking redraft, I'm going to agree with Steven. I'm going to marry Foreman, uh, trade Tyler Algier, and kill Benjamin. If we're talking dynasty, um, I'm going to marry Algier just because CP is so old. Um, I think he's close to to his time, and and I think Algier's a better back to Huntley. Um He's just got the long-term potential. Benjamin, only a year older uh, at 23. So I, I think he also has some longevity left in him. And uh, I think uh, Connor will be will be gone at some point. Um, but Foreman is already 26, uh, which is kind of that age of running backs where things start to go downhill for, for the average running back. So um, I think for... Dynasty, it changes for me. And I'd go Mary Algier, Phil Benjamin, and Kill Foreman. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, I, I, I think that one, uh, there's, there's, you know, it, it depends. Steve, what you got for your MFK? I got some exciting quarterbacks from the 2020 NFL draft. Of course, we have the number one overall pick. Joe Burrow. We have the number five overall pick, Tua Tagovailoa, and the number six overall pick, Justin Herbert, for both Dynasty and Redraft. What do you guys think, MFK? Scott, let you go first. For hmm. Dynasty, oh man. I can actually I can actually go first for this, Scott, if you want. Do you want to think about All it? Right, yeah, you got it, MJ. Go for it. <laughs> okay. And this is especially well, I was high on Herbert to begin the year. Okay. But his lack of production without weapons now, and that's why it feels kind of funky because Tua, who has been underperforming really as he started, but not that now he gets Tyreek Hill and he's popping off. And maybe it's a, a coach thing. 
Okay, but Herbert will be consistently my kill for both redraft and dynasty until he proves otherwise, which will leave Joe and Tua. And I just think, and I mean, Steven's been on this hype train hyping us up. I will marry Tua in each one of these formats. I think McDaniel's doing a fantastic job for the team. And even though I still have some doubts about Tua as an overall player. I mean, he underthrew a ton of balls. Tyreek's still going to go up and get him. Um, and I'm going to have to field trades for Joe. It's just Tua has been like when he's on the field, when he has his weapons, the offense looks unstoppable. And I just, that's how I feel. So, so I thought where MJ was going with this, I was going to be 100% agreement. Um, I, I will say that I agree with, I'm going to kill Justin Herbert in both formats as well. Okay. Um, I, I think just across the board, the other two quarterbacks are better quarterbacks, uh, regardless of what weapons they got or what weapons they, they don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, in redraft, give me Tua this year. Give me Tua and, I, and I'll trade Joe. In dynasty, I want to marry Joe and trade Tua just because I think Joe Burrow is going to have the longer career. I think he might be the last true like pocket passer that lasts for a while. Um, you know, he could be very well be the next Tom Brady that just has a forever career and and you never ever need another quarterback because you have Joe Burrow on your dynasty team. So um yeah, I'm I'm gonna go Joe Tua Justin in that order, MFK for Dynasty. Okay. Steven. Yeah, this is super tough and also crazy how the turntables turn because I feel like <laughs> if we asked this at the beginning of the year, Tua would be our kill probably across the board in both Yeah, moments. yeah, yeah. Um, would, uh, agreed. I mean, I'd be there too. It's crazy. Um, but I'm now a happy owner of the Tua in Dynasty and definitely Dynasty going to mm, – well, now I'm second-guessing myself. <laughs> I <laughs> – I, I'm going to definitely kill Herbert. I think probably my tiebreaker is going to be bias of having him on my, on my team and a marry to uh, infield traits for Burrow. Okay. But I kind of agree with Scott that Burrow probably at this point is going to have the longer career. But again, I mean, they both have explosive receivers that they're throwing to. So I think these offenses are going to be really good going forward, but but yeah, I'll take take Tua for the time being, and then redraft. Um, I might actually go Burrow, Mary, Phil trades for Tua, and kill Herbert. I really don't have any good reason for that, except uh, I, I think Burrow had a really bad game against the Browns, and I think he's going to step it back up and continue to do well. So I, apart from that, I really. No rhyme or reason to those choices. I think Burrow and Tua are kind of both up in the air for me right now. And uh, with that, I'll turn it over to MJ. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, with all that we've talked about the trade deadline, um, of course, I'm, I'm working in tandem with Steven and his hype train. I'm going to mention uh, s- several players from the trades today and this is going to be exclusively a dynasty format um those players are going to be chase claypool calvin ridley and hawkinson who would like to go first yummy okay steven i'll take i'm gonna marry hawkinson okay which i think is consistent with what i said earlier just making sure in my head but yes i am i was on the hawkinson hype train for dynasty specifically and i do think that the vikings are going to be able to put him to use and i I think they'll have a a really solid floor which is what you're looking for in a tight end so give me give me hawkinson dynasty marry him going to filled trades for Calvin Ridley. I think you got the name brand going for him. So I think that that could help you get a lot of value from trading, especially someone who's tanking this year and wants a, wants a player for, for future years. I think that he could be a great target there. And 
that would leave us with killing Claypool. Again, think he's an incredibly talented guy, but just due to the Bears, I don't trust it at the moment. So going to have to kill him. Scott? Yeah, I, uh, I think Steven nailed it. I'm going to agree with him. I'm going to marry Hawk. Um, I, I do think the Vikings up his value and uh, he's going to be a solid tight end for, for years, you know, uh, with tight end being probably the toughest position to stay consistent at um, Ridley and Claypool, I think is, is an even easier decision for me. Ridley is the better talent going to the better offense. Uh, Claypool is, is not as good as Ridley and, and the bears aren't as good as the Jaguars um, at, at this <laughs> moment, period dot, you know, sorry, MJ. Uh, I, I agree the, with you. The, the, the eye test. Um, so, yeah, Mary Hawk, Phil Trace Ridley, and Kill Claypool Dynasty. Great. Easy. Yes, I agree with both of you guys, which is the wonderful trifecta. I was some of my thoughts. Yeah, I do think this uh, the Vikings offense unlocks Hawkinson Ridley. I do feel like this is going to be a great chance for him to show out, and I feel like this excites people, so definitely be fielding trades for him. And unfortunately killing claypool and my beloved bears but that's what we got so we're going to go ahead scoot on over to jukebox with mr steven Funtrain. what you got for us this week yeah guys got a couple good songs that are starting to hit the charts um both coming from albums that were released in the past couple of weeks we'll start with scott giving you a song I know you'll love, which is Anti-Hero by Sir Taylor Swift. Um, of course, in the song, one of the lines is, it's me, hi, I'm the problem, it's me. <laughs> and I'm sure that a couple of guys come to mind when you hear that. But thinking about that line, thinking about Anti-Hero, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are former fantasy heroes that seem to have taken a new form that is closer to what may be considered anti-heroes. If you're sitting at, say, three and four in your league and trying to figure out what you're going to do to make it into the playoffs, are you prioritizing stepping up your skill players, trying to find better players there, trading for those positions, or are you looking to trade one of these two guys to find a better QB. Yeah, if you're still starting Brady or Rogers consistently, uh, you, you're probably doing something wrong. I would definitely be trying to trade one of those two guys. Um, I definitely think Brady is more of the anti-hero on his team. Uh, he has a ton of weapons around him, and it's just it's the job is not getting done. Rogers uh, doesn't have the weaponry that. Brady has. So uh, I, I know we can't just keep blaming Rogers receivers completely, but I think Rogers has more an excuse than Brady does at this point, but trade them both find another quarterback. There's gotta be something better out there uh, or, or trade one year RB twos or threes or wide receiver twos or threes for a better quarterback. Just do it. Gotcha. Yep. I think it's probably fair to say that they, they could be keeping you from getting over that hump. So looking at trading them mj oh yeah not sure if you are a megan trainer fan but she also released an <laughs> album in the past couple of weeks personally i enjoy it more than taylor swift's new album it's got a ton of bops it's really fun her most popular song at this moment is called made you look if you haven't listened to it listen to it asap after we finish recording this podcast um yeah it, it, yeah, like I said, it's it's great. You got to listen to it. Okay. Um, so made you look. Who's a player that looked hot to start the year, but has in recent weeks cooled down, or in other words, he made you look? I'm holding my head in just pain right now. That player is easily DeAndre Swift for me. Oh. I just... I mean, honestly, and it's been injuries. I, I don't want to fully put it on him because he's been injured, right? Uh, let me let me see if I can fi figure someone else. He because I just have I have a couple shares of him. Otherwise, Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton, who started mm. off, you know, getting over ten plus targets uh, a game, 
has suddenly just disappeared off the face of this map. Can't get separation. Uh, can't get to the top of the catch point at all. Meanwhile, Judy has just been eating it up. Yeah, we're giving we're all giving thumbs up. Me, me and Scott here. Um, and yeah, out of anyone who's who's begun to really just disappoint me, and I just I have to start him in some leagues. That has to be Cortland Sutton. I know it really hits you on a personal level since yes, you took him for Tyree Kill. Yeah, and of course, a couple of first rounders in Dynasty, but I know that 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 you miss all. Well, reach. what would you rather have? Your first rounders and uh, Cortland Sutton or Tyreek's record year? <laughs> if you're asking the guy who says F ten picks, there's not a question. <laughs> oh, I feel so bad. Oh gosh, but I'm no, cool. yeah, I think I think that is a a great great answer. I was thinking maybe you guys would say someone like Jonathan Taylor, but again, oh, true, I think, yeah. I think but but to me, him, DeAndre Swift, I again, they're so talented. Like I'm I'm by no means counting them out. So yeah. I can't at this point say made you look for them. And of course, this is my this is my personal experience. I didn't get a chance to draft Jonathan Taylor at all this year. Right. So I lucked out. It, yeah, it's funny because as Steven was saying this and explaining it, I immediately thought Jonathan Taylor because I did draft him and the <laughs> one league I have Jonathan Taylor in. I am two and six, man. It is murder. Yeah, it's terrible. I hate it. Well, cheers to hoping Jonathan Taylor can get back to it. Um, With that, let's wrap it up for the day with Fantasy Flash. Yeah, so uh, we'll start with the recap for week eight. Uh, Thursday night football, it was who would have more rushing yards, Lamar Jackson or Leonard Fournette. And, uh, yep, Steven and MJ got it right with Lamar. I got it wrong with Lenny. Uh, For Sunday, we picked the Giants versus the Seahawks. We had Barkley or KW3 who would have more fantasy points, and that was Saquon Barkley. Steven and I got that one right. And then Monday night football – would Burrow have a rushing touchdown? Yes or no? MJ said yes. Steven and I both said no. And of course he did not. Uh, the Bengals were pretty terrible on Monday night in general. Moving on to week nine, Thursday night football. We have the Eagles versus the Texans. More fantasy points from rushing. Jalen Hurts or Damian Pierce? And I picked Hurts. Pierce. Give me Pierce as well. Uh, it's tough. I'm, I'm so far behind in the rankings. I need this. All right. Sunday night football. <laughs> uh, we have the Titans versus the Chiefs. Okay. More total fantasy points. Henry or Kelsey? Oh, my gosh. That's Henry. a good one. Titans versus Chiefs. Uh, Henry. I also said Henry on this one. So this one will be a, uh, we all get it wrong or I'll get it right one. Mm. Monday Night Football, we have the Ravens versus the Saints. This is an over-under. 1.5 touchdowns for Camara. Over or under? I'm going under. Let me get that over. He ain't stopping. Over. He's got the momentum, baby. Oh, I'm probably going to get that one wrong. Uh, <laughs> so I didn't update the, uh, the listeners on the standing. So uh, Steven has actually caught MJ after uh, this last week. They both sit atop at 12, 8, and 1. And uh, I'm solid three games behind at 9, 11, and 1. Uh, but that does it for this week's edition of Fantasy Flash. Back to MJ. Hey, listen, I and I guess there's no chance for me and Steven to to uh, change in record either this week, right? Well, I'm pretty sure we agreed on every one of them. You guys did agree on every single one. That's <laughs> funny you want to change up your picks. Either, uh, either I'm going to catch up or I'm just going to fall further and further behind. It's probably going to be that. Let's cross our fingers for you catching up, Scott. Um, thank you, both of you guys, again, for, a, for an awesome episode. Um, and thank everybody who's listening. Um, for well, listening 
and giving us a chance. Uh, I, I think I could speak for all three of us when I say that. We actually really enjoy doing this. Uh, this is a day I honestly really look forward to uh, from the beginning of my week and looking forward to the next upcoming weeks. I don't know what we'll do when we're off season since we're already halfway through the year of football season. Um, hey, variety shows, I guess. Oh, for um, sure. But thank you guys uh, for supporting us. If you have any suggestions or, uh, hey, if you want to be on the show, give either one of us a ring, a text, and, and let us know. Scott, have anything to say? Yeah, thank, thank you to all our listeners out there. I want to give a shout-out to our boy Lance. He oh, is yeah. married on Saturday. Uh, so uh, we wish him the best, and uh, we look forward to celebrating the big day with him. Steven? Thank you guys for, for continuing to listen. Like MJ said, we really enjoy putting this together, have lots of fun, and cheers to making it halfway through the year. Oh, yeah. Um, and, was, and as always, thank you, and uh, catch us on the flip side where – What's your fantasy? Fantasy football podcast, and we'll see you guys next week. Sweet, sweet fantasy, baby.